Amen. Thank you. Be seated, please. I uh, I got so tickled yesterday that I got home last night and got to studying about it. But yesterday at the funeral service, a man came up to me and said, "I need to talk to you a minute." And uh, so I, I come aside to him and I said, "Sir, uh, do you know you're going to heaven?" Uh, do you know you say? He said, oh yes, I've been saved twice. I said, you have? I said, the Lord only died once, alright? So you only get saved once. Oh no, he said, I got saved twice. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, you don't understand. I was brought up in Alabama up there and, and this holiness preacher uh, was preaching one day and he scared the and he said something else, and he said, the devil out of me. So I know I was saved once. God scared the devil out of me, speaking in tongues, running all over the church, and he scared me, the devil right out of me. And he said, later on, I come and moved to Florida. I went to Providence Baptist Church, and Dr. Hancock led him to saving faith in Christ. <laughs> I said, okay, buddy, you got me. <laughs> but, but I got us thinking about that, and I, I wondered how many people really have the assurance of their salvation. And so this morning, I'd like to just major on that subject, if you'd let me for a few minutes, please, because uh, it's a wonderful thing when you settle that matter of your salvation once for all. You know you're saved. You know you're going to heaven. Amen? And so if you would, please, the book of 1 John, chapter 5. And I'd just like to read a little while. Now remember the book of 1 John is written to Christians, those who are saved. And we get to chapter 5, and he says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is a Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God has made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son had life, and he that had not the Son of God had not life. These things are written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Pray with me, please. I do pray, uh, God, this morning in Jesus' precious name. That if there be somebody listening, uh, that they'll understand that Jesus died once for our sins and once for all. He'll never die on that cross again. And Lord, 
of what we must do is accept what He did on the cross for our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins. And I pray, dear God, if somebody's listening, that they'll make that decision today. Bless us now, we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's go back, please, to First John chapter 1, verse 13. These things are written to you. <clears throat> what that means is the entire Bible, not just the book of John, or First John. But all the Bible is written for one purpose, and that is that human beings might know that the Lord Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, and that they might receive what He has done for them on the cross for the forgiveness of their sin. Now, first of all, notice two things in this verse. These things are written to those who believe on Jesus. Number two, these things are written to believers that they may know they have eternal life. Now, I know salvation of sinner is forever. And I, the words to know is have a clear understanding of the facts. Remember this, Jesus said, I am the life. So eternal life is the very life of God. And the believer has to, the very life of God in his possession. And if a believer could have salvation, then God would have to die. Now watch this, please. Our salvation does not depend on our faithfulness. It depends upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. I use this illustration quite a bit. Years ago I was visiting, I went in a home and the elderly lady was, I was visiting, invited me in, I went and sat down and she had a picture of five sons. And I said, is that your son? She said, yep. And she, I said, Did they, are they all saved? She said, not only are they all saved, but they are all preachers. And I said, what a joy to have five sons as preachers of the Word of God. And I said, were they always good boys? She said, oh no. She said, no, they, was all, uh, they had their problems, every one of them. And uh, they all got away from the Lord. But I always claimed that verse where the Bible said that they would always return to the Lord. And uh, she said to me, Maybe, let me know very plainly, just because somebody says they're preachers, they can go wrong too. But God's faithful. Amen? And let me give you this right off. When it comes to your eternal security, we all make mistakes. I don't care who you are. If you're saved today by God's grace, you've made mistakes since you got saved. After you're saving, you make mistakes. The devil's trick is is to make uh, get you to thinking, look what I've done. I must have lost my salvation. Jesus must have left me. God's salvation must have left me. Now that's a trick of the devil. Now I want you to get this. The Bible said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So who come up with the idea of salvation? Jesus Christ did. You sure didn't. Not only that, but who finishes your faith? The Bible says that Jesus did. Notice two words here. Author means to create, originate, or to make. Finisher means to bring to an end, complete, and perfect. 
And that's what Jesus did for our salvation. So Jesus authored or originated our salvation. Jesus finished or brought to an end all that is necessary to work out our salvation. Number 2, Colossians 1 verse 13, listen to this. Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Two things here, don't you watch it. Delivered means to be set free or saved from evil. Number two, translate means to be changed or translated from one place or one condition or one position to another position. And Jesus had delivered the believer from the power of Satan. And Jesus has translated the believer into the kingdom of God. Now, this is not a temporary thing. This is past tense. Listen at it again. Who has delivered us? That's past tense. In other words, Jesus, when He saves you then, you're saved. That's past tense. That's done. You can't undo that. Notice, it's not a temporary thing. Already done. Did not, cannot be undone. Colossians 1 verse 14. In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. <clears throat> now Ephesians 1 and verse 7 said, in like manner said, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of His grace. That's past tense. We now have redemption. Notice something else. Redemption means to pay a fee or ransom, to buy back or to recover. In other words, Jesus paid all there is to be paid for our salvation on the cross of Calvary then. Romans 6.23 The wages of sin is death, but Jesus died for our sins. Amen? That's the wages of sin. The wages of sin is death. Now, listen, we're all sinners. Romans 3.23 We're all sin and come short of the glory of God. All through the Bible it talks about we're all sinners. So when you face up to the fact that you're a sinner, somebody's got to die for your sins. Either you've got to die for them, or you've got to have somebody that will die for you. And I thank God that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. John 3.16 But wait a minute now. That's only effective to the one that receives it. If I had something bad wrong with me, and the doctor said, you've got to take this to cure you, then i got a choice. I have to take that or I can refuse that. It's the same way with God's salvation. The sin of the whole world is paid for. Think of the wickedest person you can think of right now. Think of all the wickedest things that's ever been on the face of this earth right now. And Jesus has paid for every one of them. There's not a sin that's ever been committed that Jesus hasn't paid for. But it's only good to those that receive it and apply it to whatever's wrong with them. And so we know we're sinners. Listen to this. <coughs> Romans 3.25 Whom God has set forth to be a perpetuation through, his, through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Two things here. Perpetuation means satisfactory payment. Suppose I owe you a thousand dollars. And you come to me and you say, I need to pay you back. Well, I don't have it. 
I can't pay you back. I would owe you. Now let me show you something. I can't pay for my sins. I owe God for the payment of my salvation. I can't do it. I don't have whereabouts to do it. I don't have enough to give. But Jesus does. He has every means to do it. Remission means cancel, forgive, pardon, or release from debt or penalty. Suppose I owe you a thousand dollars and somebody comes along and says, I'll take care of it for you. And they pay the bill off. Well, that's been paid for then. It's the, the debt has been satisfied. I'm a sinner. I'm on my way to hell. Jesus paid for my sins and He canceled my debt. He satisfied my debt for me. Notice something else. Two important verses when it comes to this. Go back to Colossians just a minute. The book of Colossians. Chapter 2. Listen to verse 13. And you, being dead in your sin and trespasses and circumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Wouldn't it be something if you tried to go to heaven and you got to heaven's door and God said to you, Why should I let you into my heaven? And you had 99% of your sins forgiven and God said, You're not welcome. Because there's not one sin going to enter into heaven. Not one. And the beautiful part of salvation is forgiving you of all trespasses. In other words, I am forgiven, I am pure as Jesus is pure. You think about this. Jesus paid with His blood the satisfactory payment to God the Father for not only mine, your sin, but for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, God can now justify, cancel out our sins if we believe in His Son's blood for our atonement. Now, again, the believer has now been cleansed from all sin. The agent for this cleansing is only the blood of Christ our Lord. Listen to what Hebrews 10.10 said. We are satisfied through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So when God saves, He also purifies forever those that believe. Hebrews 10 verse 14. For by one offering He has perfected forever them that are sanctified. When I asked this man, have you been saved? He said, I've been saved twice. Now I know a lot of people they say, I used to be saved. I was once saved, but I lost my salvation. Well, wait a minute now. Listen to this verse again. Listen to it very carefully. For by, for by one offering, He has perfected forever them that are sanctified. In other words, if you're saved, you're perfected forever. You'll never get it done again. You don't have to. It's paid for. Amen? Now, Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. You, you know what that word justified means? Listen to what it says. Much more then, being now justified, just as though you'd never sinned. You know where I stand before Holy God today? When Holy God looks at me now, He looks at me through the blood of Jesus Christ, and He looks at me as though I'd never sinned, not one. Now, brother, I can't claim that on my own. I can only claim that by the grace of God that come in this world through His Son and shed His blood for my forgiveness. 
Listen to what the Romans chapter 9, 11 and verse 29 says. For the gifts of and callings of God are without repentance. You know what that means? You can't do it over. You can't do it over. God's calling and repentance, it can't be done again. Sometime, something very special here. Number one, salvation is a gift to believing sinners from the righteous God. It's a gift. You can't earn it. Number two, God calls sinners to His salvation. We do not call God to our salvation. <clears throat> I remember the night I got saved, I went in there defiant in that revival meeting, and I went there just to see what the guy's going to say. Hey, he ain't going to bother me. I'm just going to go sit down in there and just see what he's going to say. And the old fella got up there and started preaching, and, and I started, I criticized everything. I criticized, he had a bald head. I said, he's the funniest looking guy i ever seen. He had that old southern drawl and the way he preached, and I was criticizing that. And all of a sudden, <coughs> I heard, I was beginning to listen to the Word of God through that man. And the Holy Spirit reached out to me. I did not reach out to God. I didn't reach out and say, God, come to me. No. What happens through the preaching of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit reached out to me and said, you come to me. Amen. God came to me first. And by the way, that's the way it always is. God calls sinners to His salvation. Then it's God that does the salvation. Not you. How are you going to lose something that God does then? Repentance means a change of mind. And I guarantee you one thing, the Bible says without repentance, no man can be saved. I had a preacher one time, been preaching for a long time, and he come sit right up here with me one, one day off, we were sitting up here just talking. He said, Brother Strong, can you explain repentance to me? He said, I just don't understand that word. And I said, for crying out loud, what have you been preaching? And I talk to him about it. You know what repentance is? It's simply a change of mind. Somebody says, I got to repent. I got to quit smoking, quit drinking, quit cursing, quit. I got to repent of that. That's not what repentance means. Repentance simply means a change of mind. Before I got saved, I was thinking one way. I don't need God in my life, thank you. I'm doing just fine, just like I am. I'm having the time of my life. I don't need anything in my life. I can take care of it. I was like Ronnie Booth used to call me all the time. He said, you think you're nine foot tall bulletproof all the time anyhow. And uh, that's the way he used to talk to me all the time. And that's the way I lived. I just really thought I could do anything I wanted to and get away with it. But I found out one day that I was a sinner. And God changed my mind. You know how He changed it? I listened to the Word of God. And God began to deal with me. And He said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're a sinner. And you go into hell like you are. And you've got to be washed in the blood. And I realized that all of a sudden i got to change my mind away of thinking. You know what it simply means? God draws a line. And He puts us sinners over here on one side. Holy God's over here on the other side. How are you going to get to Holy God? How are you going to get from your sins over here? God looked on your sins as a black, dirty thing. I'm over here on this side of it, and I look at my... I'm not so bad. You ever heard that? 
I've talked to people ever since I've been preaching. And I say, you're a dirty, rotten old sinner. Oh, I'm not that bad. I ain't never killed anybody. I ain't never raped anybody. I haven't done any little children anything dirty and uh, crooked. I'm a pretty good guy. I pay my bills. I take care of my family. And he looks at himself, I'm a pretty good guy. Wait a minute. God looks on him as a dirty, rotten sinner in his sins. This guy over here, on the other side of his sins problem, he looked at himself and said, I'm pretty good. You know what the Bible says about that? You better change your mind. You better change your mind and get over here and start thinking about yourself like God thinks about you. That's repentance. And that's a change of mind. How in the world does that work? You ever tried to change a hard-headed mind? I mean, people that's just plain out hard-headed. Now, I got a lot of them. Amen? I mean, just people you can talk to and you're not going to change their mind. I mean, uh, I don't care what you say. Uh, that ain't going to hurt. Uh, it's sort of like uh, we was talking about Brother Pitts back there a while ago. He said, man, I had the best dinner yesterday. He said, I got me some Sunday's barbecue ribs. Now, the doctor's already told Brother Pitts, don't eat them ribs. They're going to kill you. And he said, man, I had the best ribs I ever had in my life. He said, well, boy, have I paid for them since. Amen. I sat the other day and I, I went in the refrigerator and my daughter baked me a, cooked me a big old uh, fruit cake. I got in the refrigerator, I went in and I saw that thing. I said, wow, I forgot I had that. Cut me a piece of it, went in there and sat down and eat it. The doctor already told me, don't eat them nuts. Don't eat that stuff. And it's filled with nuts. I sat down and I I'm just going to eat a little piece. And I eat the whole stinking piece. And next day, my diverticulitis, I bent over, and I thought to myself, you hard-headed rascal. And that's what's wrong with most people in this world. They're too stinking hard-headed to see get over on God's side. They'll stay on their own side. And they say, wait a minute, I'm not that bad. And God said, you better repent of that. And when you listen to the Word of God, let the Holy Spirit deal with you, and you say, Lord, save me from my sins. I'm going to get over here on your side and look at myself that way. Save me, dear God. Do you know what the Bible says? He'll save you, and He'll keep you saved. Amen? I like that. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. You know what it means? I've been saved by the gift of God. Did you know I'd never have to repent of that again? You know what I mean? I never have to change my mind about it again then. I don't have to change my mind ever again. God saved my soul. I remember when I got saved on a Thursday night, I went back out to work, had a bunch of men working for me, lost my temper, cursed, and I thought I lost my salvation. I mean, because I was brought up in a denomination that you get saved and lose your salvation I thought I'd lost my salvation and I come back and I started reading my Bible and I come to a verse it's found in the book of Timothy you know what it says I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep me against that day 
And I said, I declare, it ain't up to me. I might make mistakes. I might say something. I might do something wrong. But it ain't up to me to keep me. I know in whom I have believed. And brother, I believe in Jesus with all my soul. And I believe He died for my sins. And I believe He bore my sins on the cross. And so listen to this. That's without repentance. I've never changed my mind about it since. And all these years, I still believe Jesus saved my soul. Now, you know what that seems to me? The gifts and calling to God without repentance, you can't give it back. You can't give it back. A man asked a guy one day, he said, you got a gift from somebody and fellowship. What better could I give you with that gift I give you? He said, the receipt. Do you get it? Most of us, we get gifts for Christmas. I mean, just everything in the world. You open a gift and you look at that thing and what am I going to do with that? And you turn around and you say, Where, where's, the, where's the receipt? I'll carry that thing back and change it for something I want. A lot of people think of salvation the same way. They think they can get saved by the grace of God when they want it, and it doesn't fit their lifestyle, and I'll just give back my salvation. No, you can't. It's without repentance. You can't give it back. You're saved by the grace of God, and it lasts forever. Amen? I cannot understand somebody that can believe you can get saved and lose your salvation if you can read John 3.16 and believe it's God's Word. For God so loved the world, that's you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall have 99 years of salvation. That's not what my King James Bible said. For I shall have eternal life. How long is that? Forever and ever and ever. You can't give it back. Amen? Stand with me, please. Father, bless Your people today. By the grace of God, You saved our soul. By the grace of God, You keep our soul saved. This old body we've got to lay down one day. But our body and soul and spirit, by the grace of God, is saved. And one day, when You come back, You'll raise it again to a glorified body. But we're not there yet. But help us to remember something. You did the saving, not us. Bless us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing something, please. If you would, turn to page 51. Page 51. Everybody sing this, please. I know not God's wondrous grace to me He has made known nor why unworthy Christ in That's a good song, amen? I'm glad you came out today. Now, you turn on the heater before you left, you go back home to a good warm house, 
and a good meal because I know your wife fixed you something good. So hurry home now and you can get fed up and come back. My daughter fixed me shrimp creole for dinner. And it can't be that with a stick. Amen? I, I went over the ingredients to make sure she did it right. So we'll see when we get home. Let's pray. Father, You're good to us. And Lord, You're so gracious to us to see let us have our health enough that we can come back and worship together in spirit and in truth before You today. So we ask You to bless everyone that's come now and those that hear us also. And bless Your Word to hear of our ears. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here.